Anyhow, they are working on part of the way that they fund their work is by military contracting because direct brain cybernetic interfaces are great for killer robots. So uh, this this tech is direct direct connections to mobile suits. We see a bunch of mobile suits. There's an ongoing problem where these cyborgs cannot cannot reach a certain level of synchronization with their fanciest of Gundams. The Gundam Ilfrit Ilfrit? This is a hard name to say when you're sober, and I'm not. Uh, the Gundam <laughs> Ilfrith. <laughs> uh, the Good evening to everyone on the live stream. This is a brand new series, courtesy of all of us, uh, the recap for Mercury. I, my name is Scott, and uh, here's the guy you actually care about, Jamman025. How's everyone doing? Hello, everybody. Everyone woke my poorly paid Canadian intern. Okay, not true. This is 100% his idea. Uh, he, he's running the show. So if this sucks, it's his fault. If it's great, it's my, it's all me. It's 100% me. It's all me. Uh, those, those are the rules. So I had the mad idea that to that to actually watch uh, and recap and podcast the the Witch from Mercury, the latest Mobile Suit Gundam series, uh, just as it happened, more or less. Uh, so this show is currently airing in Japan, uh, currently streaming on. Uh, in some regions, just YouTube, other places, just Crunchyroll, and that's how that goes. Uh, but otherwise, we're going to be doing this every week live on YouTube. There will be an edited version, uh, like mild audio remasters and other things going out on that is audio only that will go out on your podcasting app of choice eventually, uh, probably get approved for most of them by next week. We'll see. Fingers crossed. Apple just changed all the rules again, and it's making me mad. What can I do? What can I say? Uh, otherwise. So, uh, the, the Witch from Mercury, the brand new series from Sunrise. Uh, this episode, the prologue episode, not even episode one, is uh, directed by Teru Sato, who you might remember from uh, Gundam Unicorn or Yakitate Japan. And this episode was written by Ichiro Okochi, who you might remember from Code Geass, Code Geass's weird cousin, Valvrave Liberator, or Azumanga Daio. <laughs> uh, so uh, we open. Azumanga in... Daio. There's yeah. a throwback. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, he contains multiple dudes. Um, so uh, this show is set in the space future. Uh, we are we are introduced to a cast of characters at a place called Place. Okay, it is not clear whether Ox Earth is the name of the group 
or the name of the asteroid they do their work on. Probably doesn't matter for reasons that will happen in about 15 minutes into the show. But uh, we have a bunch of people who are very keen on uh, brain direct brain interfacing of cybernetics uh, for transhumanist reasons that may have to do with uh, moving people from Earth to space. It may also be that they're a bit crazy. Uh, we do, Things are not clear. Anyhow, they are working on part of the way that they fund their work is by military contracting because direct brain cybernetic interfaces are great for killer robots. So uh, this this tech is direct direct connections to mobile suits. We see a bunch of mobile suits. There's an ongoing problem where these cyborgs cannot cannot reach a certain level of synchronization with their fanciest of Gundams, the Gundam Ilfrith. This is a hard name to say when you're sober, and I'm not. Uh, the Gundam <laughs> Ilfrith. Uh, the yes, yeah, the Ilfrith. Hopefully, uh, someone will say that on the show a few more times so I can get get into it. Uh, anyway, as they're working on this, we are introduced to uh, Ari, who is four years old. It is her birthday. She is cute as a button, and she's very annoyed that no one is paying attention to her and just paying attention to the cool robot. Which I I, I feel that I feel that. As someone who works at a school, little known fact that some of my viewers, yes, I pay more attention to the robots of the kids. And yes, they complain about it sometimes. Yep. Um, anyway, Aerie is cute as a button. Several buttons. Whole box of buttons. Before she can actually enjoy her birthday cake, uh, the Spacian, a faction of the Spacians, who maybe have some weird things about body autonomy, maybe they just don't want anyone competing with them in the mobile suit market, Maybe they're just jerks. Again, more details as they come. The Cathedra, this is the name of this organization, uh, invades their asteroid and murders everybody. Straight up, just just murders everybody. As this is happening, Ari, cute as a button, accidentally on purpose kind of registers herself as a user of the Gundam Elfthrith, and somehow, reasons unclear, maybe more on that later, uh, can just super sync with it and is, you know, then her and her mother sortie in the elf breath, blow everybody up and get away, leaving everybody to die. And it's very sad. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that, that, that is what happens in the ep episode more or less. So Jeff, what do you think of this? I really enjoyed this. Granted, it's not much of a slice to go on a, like a real, big slice of the show, but it starts off just feeding you a little bit here, a little bit there, answering some questions, half answering others, and just letting your mind try and figure out the rest. The two things that really piqued my interest, first of all, is they talked about how anyone who spends to spend a long-term amount of time in space more or less has to become a cyborg. They don't call them cyborgs. They call them... Help me out here. I, I think they just call them gun. gun. Think, just G-U-N-Ds. Yeah, just gun. Yeah, yeah, they're guns. So they're half robot, essentially, which I always thought that makes sense. When I was watching that, I was remembered of, I just looked up her name, Peggy Whitson, the longest serving person ever to be in outer space, spent 665 days in space. 
Let me repeat that. 665 days. That is not two years, but it's two years. Right. Considering she circled the planet more times than we did, I'm going at two years. A lot more times than we did, quite frankly. Well, it's, it's what, 19 times an hour? Right. So if we're going to go by that, she aged like, what, 100 years? I don't know. Well, but point, yeah, there's, the point there's is, that. The point is, when she finally got home, she was supposed to come home several months earlier, but because of weather delays and mechanical issues, they couldn't get her home. When she finally came home, the shuttle landed. They had to carry her off the ship and wheel her inside. She was fine, but her muscles no longer worked because they spent so much time in zero gravity. She had to spend several months in physical therapy just to walk again because her muscles... We're there. I, I know uh, there was a similar thing where uh, NASA was able to recruit twins. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I don't remember their names, but one was sent to space for a year and one was kept on, on mission control on Earth for a year. And yeah, no, one was technically like relativistically older and also slightly taller all of a sudden. Like that, that's one of the more fun ones. So yeah, uh, the, the other thing that... Um, we should mention is that the gun system is stressful. We see a lot of people using it, not being able to hit level four. Uh, and uh, I guess uh, Aerie is able to hit level 38, 37, something like that. No, I was just saying, I remember when the, what's his face, the big bad of this, the series, or at least so far, what it looks like the head uh, of that, which that evil corporation or whoever they're called now. Yeah. Zeon stand in. Well, what, whatever they a, might be. I don't know. If, I don't right. know if they're properly Zeon. They might be in Anaheim. We'll, we'll, yeah, they, they Anaheim. give us so well, much actually, to work with that, and not I enough to back. guess. Not evil Anaheim, just Anaheim. Yeah. Anyway. Anaheim's evil Anaheim. <laughs> right. There, there is no good Anaheim. Anyway, my point is he has a great line. like every single weapon ever developed was meant to kill something. That's right. He goes, these Gundams, don't just kill the opponent, they kill the user. I'm like, oof, that's a good line. And he's right. If you push these things too far, you're dead. You see it with the main character's uh, father, which also can I point out that the uh, the longstanding Gundam trope of mother and child, you see mother and child, they're the first to go. No, they're the only ones to make it out this time. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, I, I actually want to say, that uh, I'm super glad that uh, the international court uh, were able to sort out that nobody actually owns the lyrics to Happy Birthday, just yeah, be- yeah just just so that they, he could sing the song and make this extra sad. Because I've seen like uh, if if you've never seen uh, um, Last Exile, they do have a similar like sad birthday thing, but they have to sing a made up birthday song, and it just doesn't work. No, no. Everyone knows "Happy Birthday," and you can't copyright that song. It's been around s- since forever. But anyway, yeah. and now we can go to all oh, go to TGI Fridays, and they don't have to sing that stupid song anymore. Now, oh, I, I think they still do. I'm pretty sure that's still a rule, right? And there's right a reason there I don't go to TGI on Fridays. There's a okay. reason I don't go there on my birthday. I'm just saying. Oh, ne- never get but, anyone to sing to you on your birthday. No, never, never but anywho, staff do that. But yeah, there is. There's a couple of great scenes of them. Perhaps my favorite scene in this movie, and it makes me wonder. There's always this talk all throughout Gundam, especially in Gundam Wing, is the one I always remember. Are the Gundams alive? 
do they have sentience? In Barbados, they more than hint at it. They said, no, there's a there's a copy of a brain in there that's long since gone mad. It has to. But in Iron-Blooded Orphans, pardon me, not the Barbados, but in Iron-Blooded Orphans, they said, no, that we copied people's brains into the Gundams. And they're still in there. But at this point, they're completely mad. They have to be. But this one says, okay, is this an AI? Because they literally, the granny lady, the head of the Institute, literally tells her, talk to the Gundam. And that's exactly what she does. She just starts talking with the Gundam. Yeah. Uh, so Dr. And, Carbonado, which I, I wrote down because. That's a good I'm, name. Carbonado. Carbonado is a good one. Carbonado is a good one. I mean, we're, we're going to see some, sounds like a, we're going to see some great sound, Gundam names on this show, but yeah. I think Carbonado is up there. No, no, that's either a carbonado is either an exercise you do at the gym or some kind of candy bar. Well, it, sure maybe, what. maybe, maybe it's like a protein bar you get after you exercise at the gym. Maybe, maybe that's that, how that works. That's why we keep you here, Scott. That's it right there. Good yeah. job. After a great workout, have a carbonado. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but no, she's talking to the Gundam and her mother, everything goes to hell. Her mother comes in, gets her in the, suit and it says level 37 acquired and she goes wait what who and she sees the name and you see the look of dread in her face that is beautifully animated beautifully voice acted because it's just she suddenly realizes my four-year-old daughter is now linked forever with a weapon of mass destruction the world has not ever seen and you see it she goes out into battle the four-year-old girl points at the suits and that suit goes ooh. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't beat them. It embarrasses them. Yeah, um, I know. I know uh, some people have perhaps been quick to were, were quick to complain about uh, launching with bits like a, a show. I don't think outside of I think Char's counterattack. No, no, no. Gundam lead has had bits out the gate, and that Char's counterattack doesn't count because it's the fifth one. Um, well, I don't mind that just because, especially considering what we just had. We just had Iron-Blooded Orphans. I granted justice was several years ago. Yeah, eight, but, year, eight years is uh, recent history. Yeah, just eight years ago. God world. Anyway, <laughs> but Iron-Blooded Orphans was so gritty and dirty and, you know, brutal and physical. It's like, no, now we're going to go the other way. Beam spam, mother truckers. We're going full bore. Here we go. <laughs> well, no, because we, 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 we have the balls. We have the balls that make the, the, the things not work. So it, it's, right. I think going into the main show, we're going to see that those are just the norm. And there's going to be a moment where she hits like power level 90 and she can break the balls. And that'll be like the, the real shit hitting the fan moment. Yeah, there there is some point, and I'm, again, we're, I'm speculating what's coming. Like, just seeing this girl and seeing what she's going through, it's like, we're going to get to a point where she overclocks it, breaks the limiter, call it what she will, and she's going to go full Hulk and lose her mind and start, you know, kicking ass and taking aim. When that happens in that suit, it ain't going to be pretty. <laughs> Oh yeah, no. I'm gonna just pour one out, like R.I.P. to the space lesbians, uh, Wendy and Nyla. They were cute as hell. They were cute as hell. They went out like champs. I like champs. Wendy. I like Wendy. Wendy, boom! Oh, no, I got in. No. I got into an argument. Those were lesbians. Totally were. <laughs> Absolutely coded that way. I don't know. Don't didn't bother to ask. 
if I uh, they were a little busy to s- sit down and go. I wonder what the relationship. Oh my God, they're killing everyone. Yeah, yeah. It's like before we can be confirm anything. Mm. Oh no, the machine. Yeah. Oh no, well, the missiles. They, are they? Well, these guys straight pull up a nerve from right at the end of the Evangelion. They just send in the SWAT team and just start murking everybody. Yeah. No. Like um, um, some of these people aren't scientists. I think you just killed the janitor, jackass. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I mean. None of these people, these people pilot Gundams, uh, or not, not Gundams. I get, I, I don't know what the, the mass prods are called in this. I but. think they're called, I think all these things are Gundams. My question is, she got away with one Gundam, so there's obviously going to be more. So this other organization is developing mobile suits that aren't Gundams. Was it because of some higher moral standing or was it really because, okay, they're making better shit than us. Let's just kill them all. <laughs> I, I think and and again the more details will bear some of this out but i think it is the case that the people that live in space are already equipped to live where they are they 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 have they've had uh, enough generational adaptation to be you know living on domes on the moon or domes on europa uh and that what uh Dr. Nado is talking about is, you know, no, we need the transhumanism to really leave the solar system, possibly in a non, possibly in sort of a gargantuan scenario. Uh, but I think these, it, it, more details will clear that up. And it's like, okay, no, these guys, what the, the, the cybernetics are being researched altruistically with an eye to, you know, multi-generational, long-term space exploration, you know, head, head into Alpha Centauri sort of stuff. And by coincidence, this has resulted in Ox Earth, Earth Ox, uh, Ox Earth, sorry, mixing that up, uh, being just just being a better manufacturer of killer robots than the this particular group, right? I think, I think it's a little bit of both. Well, I think they are pulling... Well, some space xenophobia to also secure a competitive advantage. Well, they're also saying this lady who is in charge of the whole institute there, she is the one responsible for creating the gun system. The gun system is just you know, amplifying humans to, so they can survive in a low gravity environment long term. We've already proved, yeah, we can survive in a long term environment short term pretty easily, but we are not designed to do, to be up there. We're designed to be down here. So, Literally, so, evolution has decided we're on a gravi- this gravity. We're not designed to go anywhere higher or anywhere lower. Yeah, it, it's like, so sorry. So we have to change something. Everything about bones is used to 1G. You gotta, right. you gotta fix bones to go anywhere else. Right, and we can work our way. We can, like, I mean, you can stand several Gs for a short amount of time. You can stand zero Gs for a short amount of time. But that's a certain amount of time. If you start modifying the, per, the, the people, then you say, okay, we've, we've created these cyborg people. They're doing great. I wonder what else we can do with this machinery. Bum, ba-dum, bum. Yeah, no, uh, that's absolutely the case, I think. It, it is one part just uh, sort of like the, the, the purity, the persuasion of purity. Uh, it's, it's, it's a strong one. And also, oh no, these guys make better stuff than us. Let's just blow up their asteroid and uh, secure our contracts now. Yeah. 
But I, I do like that one line the Big Bad said is he said, every gun or every weapon ever created is meant to kill something. That's the definition of a weapon. These Gundams kill the opponents and they kill the pilot. These are not something we should have. This is not, not the right road to go down. And I, there is some truth to what he's saying. Look, if you're creating a weapon that kills both the user and the opponent, you might want to rethink where you're going. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it maybe maybe uh, th- this guy's name is Delling Rembrandt. Gundam name. Rembrandt. Gundam name par excellence. Rembrandt. Rembrandt. I like this guy already. Rembrandt. Delling no Rembrandt. T, no T, just Rembrandt. Uh, oh, this guy's wearing a mask at some point. I'll put money on it. <laughs> no, th- this this guy's, I think, our trays. This guy is our trays. He is our principled villain. And Will he be the- in a hot tub at some point? Perhaps, perhaps we will have hot tub <laughs> telling with, with, with champagne. <laughs> no, I, uh, I like this guy already. This is the, the, this, this guy's my a, favorite character. The, this guy is something. I'll say that. Granted, we'll see what happens. How how old is our protagonist in the first episode? I think she's fourteen. Uh, so she is four in in the prologue, she's four and I now. Think I think it's fourteen in in so, episode one one, but I, I so we're going to do a ten year time skip. Yeah. My question is, we haven't seen her mother in any of the promotional materials. Is she still there? Uh, I it could be. I think we've seen we've we've seen a woman in in a helmet. Maybe maybe we have yeah. a mom in a mask. Maybe that would that would be the first female in a mask. Interesting. Yeah, uh, we we could have a mom in a mask. We could have something completely different. But as long I, as she's I have... not in a helmet. <laughs> oh yeah, mom in a helmet is a different thing for Gundam. Right, that's that's victory. We won't talk about victory here. Yeah, because no. we like we, we we like being happy. <laughs> we, 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 we 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 want to be an upbeat show. We want to be a show that is yes. not. We we are we are and, drinking and for... because we are being conversational, up because we need to. Yes. For those of you watching live, I'm sorry. For those of you watch, listening to this later, I'm also sorry. Because if you didn't know, you're Googling that right now, and I'm sorry. Do you have any more thoughts on the prologue episode? No, only to say that I, as a prologues go, like, okay, we're going to feed you a little information. We're going to answer some of your questions, and we're going to raise a whole bunch of new ones. So come back and watch the rest. It did exactly what it was supposed to do. So Gundam hasn't done prologues, prologues much. The last time I think we got a proper full-length prologue episode was Divers. And Divers lied to me. <laughs> uh, I di- Divers, the, the Divers prologue was more of an esports sort of thing. And what I got was an MMO show. And I'm hoping that this is more indicative of what we're going into. Because uh, no, I, 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 there is no way we can judge even half the show at this point. No, no. all we can say is we're off to a good start. It, I, I we can like, stumble out of the gate, <laughs> but we're off to a good start. I like the pieces of the setting they laid down. I like how they're presenting them. The music is rad. I like the music oh. in this. They, the music, I'm sure, thank you for putting that out. From day one, from the first trailer, like, okay, we're going unicorn with this music. Like, we are going to the top of the line. All right. Yeah. 
Because from day one, that first trailer, epic, orchestral, amazing, keep, keeps coming back. Actual premise of this, uh, the actual premise of episode one is that Aerie will be under an assumed name at some sort of mobile suit school. And there will be three factions. And I don't know if she's out to do some revenge or just... Eh, probably revenge. Probably revenge. Probably. What what I'm saying is that there 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 once was a novel that started with someone being betrayed and exiled, and then it jumped ahead ten years, and he had three factions to destroy, and that and the Count of Monte Cristo is one of the great novels, and I, I I'm ready for the Count of Monte Cristo, but with Gundams. Again, again, I like the first Man Monte Cristo with giant robots. I will like a second Monte Cristo with yes. giant robots. Rule of life number 112. Everything is better with giant robots. Yeah, it's just how it works. It's like beer. Everything's better with beer. Everything's better with beer, bacon and giant robots. But yes, there. I, I wonder that, too. Is like, OK, the only question I have is, OK, Obviously, everyone knows one Gundam escaped. It's pretty obvious. And she rolls up to the school with that same Gundam, or is that thing hidden somewhere? I th well, this is it. The elf, the Elfrith is not the lead Gundam. It's the Ari the lead we have been promised is the Ariel. So we may be getting something new, and I don't know if that's part of this. Maybe there's some politicking. Maybe this mobile suit school has some military subcontractor politicking going on at the same time? Are we getting Macross Plus in my Count of Monte Cristo as well? It raises many questions. Like I there said, are... it doesn't give you all the answers, but it raises some questions. I, I'm I'm keen on this. I am keen on this. I uh episode one will be on Crunchyroll in some territories or YouTube on other territories. Uh as of the second of October, uh, sometime probably like eight-ish JST, I don't know, we'll be back for that. Uh, so again, I want to say that next week we'll be talking about episode one. In the meantime, I will be working to get an audio-only version of this out onto your podcast apps. Uh, keep an eye out. I will. We, there will be updates as we have updates. You've been listening to the audio version of the recap from Mercury. It's also available live on Jabman 25s YouTube channel. Feel free to join us on any of our recordings in the chat. Otherwise, I'd thank you to leave a rating, a comment, or a review wherever you found it. Share it if you'd like as well. The music in this episode is by Punk Rock Opera. Check them out on Bandcamp. Until next time, have a good one. <laughs>